Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Good morning, Vietnam! Welcome to the jungle, baby. Welcome to the jungle. Welcome to Two Dudes Movie Reviews. Mama, the meatloaf! You see what happens, Larry? How to get burned! How to get burned! How to get burned! They've done studies, you know. 60% of the time, it works. Every time. I am loving this. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! Come with me if you want to live. Gentlemen, you have my curiosity, but now you have my attention. Now, here's your hosts, Sky and Colin. Here's Johnny! Hey, moviegoers! You're listening to Two Dudes Movie Reviews with Sky and Colin. Now listen, there's absolutely nothing special about this episode. No. Like, if I had to put it scale of 1 to 10 in specialness of this episode, I'd say this is like center of the earth, bottom of the barrel, zero special. Mm-hmm. Even though I said 1 to 10, yeah, I'm giving it a zero. Wow. This is the Home Alone 3 of specialness. This is the Ace Ventura, uh, the one with the kid. <laughs> yeah, child detective. Yeah, this, what, what is of, that? This is son of this is son of mask. <laughs> yes, yeah, son of mask. <laughs> this is the son of mask of episodes. <laughs> Nothing going on. Uh, honestly, this might be the one to ruin us. Yeah, it could. So, welcome to our last episode. I mean, honestly, any of these episodes could be the one that sink us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Either by our own uh, design or by just somebody canceling us. <laughs> <laughs> You're canceled. You're canceled. <laughs> I didn't agree with what you said about fucking The Conjuring. The Conjuring. <laughs> yeah. There's literally a Conjuring esque blanket on my I, bed. I noticed that. There's an Annabelle blanket. Yeah. It's not mine. I've never seen that movie. I have seen Halloween, though, and I do love this blanket. Mm. But we're kidding, Swampies. This is a special episode because uh, in case you can't tell by the microphone bleed, we're in the same room again. In case you can't tell by how crappy this sounds, (laughs) how much we bleed into each other's microphones. And you could probably hear cars driving past my house. (laughs) Yeah. But you know what? I don't care. I don't care either. Because we don't really have to listen to this. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so we don't care. Yeah. We're just stoked to be hanging out again for the first episode since when? What was the last episode we did together? It I, was, was it Fat Man? I think it was Fat Man. And, and I know we recorded, I think we recorded Freaky together, unless we just saw that together. But I know we were, you know, what? I think the last time it was, it was elf and fat man. We recorded together, but we saw freaky in that same, same visit. I think that's what it was. Nice. Yeah. It was a good time. Mm-hmm. Good time. But damn, that was Christmas time. That was December. Yeah. It is now at the time of recording this. It's about to be August. We're like days away from August. Yeah. And, uh, you just had a birthday. Mm-hmm. We're not doing our birthday episode right now. I'm about to have a birthday. Mm-hmm. We're not doing our birthday episode right now. But you know what? It kind of feels like a birthday. It does feel like it. This, this is a present. Your presence is the present. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. You know what? I didn't fix the vibe. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. 
live nudes sign in the in the studio. Yeah, this guy's got a, a nice live nudes neon sign, like the one from Big Daddy. So I posted a picture of of just my live nude sign like recently in my personal Instagram at mm-hmm. Sky Two Dudes. Yeah, and I uh, just because like I had taken it out of it's actually been on my desk forever, but I didn't have like any way to plug it in anymore. And I found I found a proper adapter for it mm-hmm. and dusted it off. And I've had that thing since like 2006. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I probably haven't lit it up in like five, six years, maybe <laughs> even more. And I was like, let me just do this. And I was like, damn, it looks cool in here. Yeah. Took a picture, sent it up. And a buddy of mine, Brian Shouten, shouting him out. <laughs> the only reason I mentioned his last name because I wanted to be shouting him out. <laughs> and I think he listens occasionally. I know he, he talks to us uh, or he talks to me a lot on Instagram about like the movie stuff and the show stuff. And he's definitely responded with our Instagram and yeah. whatnot, but uh, he made a great observation. He's like, it should say live dudes. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say that you, you make it like, you know, when uh, like the, the recording in the studio and it's like recording, like shut the fuck up. Yeah. It's put like outside your room and, yeah, and you put it outside your room and when you lay it up, everyone's like, don't go in that room. He's recording right now. Or I put it in the window and people are just like, whoa, there's dudes in there. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you just hear people banging people on the door. Like, Let me in. Let me- <laughs> I want to see these dudes. dudes. <laughs> They're alive. Thank God. You change the I to an, to an O. Love dudes. Love dudes. I love nudes too. <laughs> for that matter. We can change it right now. <laughs> but you know what? The atmosphere, I feel like the vibe's still off. I feel like, um, I feel like we need some. There's got to be a better, better. <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? I didn't. You told me about this though. Oh yeah, let's get a little Dang. bit of red, white, and blue. <laughs> let's get it on. <laughs> oh. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> People don't know what's going on. No, they have no <laughs> idea. He basically he's he's got one of those new uh, smart hue lights. That's right. And he's, he's changing the colors. So now we got some nice ambiance. Oh, in you here. want romance? This is the setting that's literally just called romance. <laughs> I don't. It's so far. It's a very soft white. Ooh, and it goes it to goes a purple. Pink. Oh wow, like a purpley pink. In the in the is this a Phillips bulb? This is who makes this light bulb. Listen, we're not we're not here to plug light bulbs. <laughs> But that's a good electric joke. <laughs> plug oh, light bulbs. <laughs> We're not here to plug other people's products. But if you go to Phillips.com and use the coupon code <laughs> 50 dudes, <laughs> 50 dudes. No, it's called Cree lighting. Cree. Oh, Cree. Which wow. is perfect for our, our topic of discussion today. Oh, let me. So there's, there's a, there's a preset that just says, let's bang. <laughs> and this is, this is my, I I like the orange. I like the bright orange. Mm. It's a cool vibe. Yeah. A lot of times this is my banging color. Yeah. <laughs> this is like you come home somewhere in between here, this hot pink to this pinkish purple. I really like the pinkish purple. That's mm-hmm. a really relaxing color. Yeah. This is the, this kind of like teal, this blue green. Yeah. That, that's a good sleeping one. I just dim it a little bit. Mm. That's a, that's a nice little sleeping one. Yeah. Right there. But you know what? Let's try and match the color of the live nude sign a little bit with the blue. Ooh. Ah. Kind of cools the room down. It's yeah. mellow. It's a mellow show. There's yeah. nothing mellow about our show. Ah! <laughs> I was going to say we're screaming half the time. I know. <laughs> well, now we don't have to scream as much. Actually, we'll probably scream more because now we're in the same room. We're just so excited. Yeah. So you got to scream. You got to cream. Dude. <laughs> Guarantee 
I guarantee you, if I'm screaming, I'm creaming. <laughs> Here it comes. I'm screaming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the creamiest screams. They've, everybody's always said that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You've heard of the dream team? Well, I'm the cream scream. <laughs> the or the scream cream. I don't know which way. There's, there's the scream queen. Yeah. And the scream cream. Yeah. And then the cream king. The cream king. <laughs> It's right next to Burger King. Yeah. There's Burger King. There's Cream King. King. Don't go into Cream King. King. You're not going to like what what you see. No. You could say that place is kind of a hole in the wall. Oh. Because there's a glory hole. And we brought up a glory hole on like like two episodes ago. So we're on a roll. Yeah. You were asking me how to make one. Yeah. Because you know. For science. If anybody knows, it's going to be me. (laughs) You go home and ask your dad. On which end? Both. (laughs) At the same time. (laughs) At the same time, yeah, I, I fashion I fashion my glory holes in a way where I can both stick myself through and like bend in half over. It's actually like one of those like half walls you'll see in like mm-hmm. some kitchens. Yeah, um, and then I stick my wang through, and I bend all the way over, and just suck myself off. <laughs> Weirdly enough, it's the only way I can suck myself off. Oh, tried okay. it every other way. Mm-hmm. I promise you this. <laughs> Can't you do it? I need impossible. to, I need, it's like kind of like the wall helps me bend in half properly mm-hmm. yeah. to reach my hog. Mm-hmm. And that's a tough one though, because then when you're, I'm making myself cream with my mouth. So it makes it really hard to scream. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. Yeah. That's, that's where, sorry guys. Can't hear the soundboard, but I played the fart noise. Okay, because <laughs> we don't have headphones on. Actually, did you bring headphones? We could put our headphones in if we want. I thought about it, and then I was like, "Nah, well, nah, who needs it?" I brought I brought my AirPods. Ah, that doesn't work with this, does it? No, I did it for when we do the trailer park. Oh, wait. But we're not doing the trailer park now, are we? Or should we? Should we do trailer park first? And then our topic of discussion, because I feel like the topic of discussion, I think topic of discussion first, that way we can gauge if we even bother with the trailer park. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Because there's a lot to unpack here because we're doing a action packed Marvel episode. Yeah. Because we're reviewing Black Widow. We discussed what trailer we might do. Mm-hmm. And I only say might because first we need to talk about Loki. Yeah. Because we've both now finished the show. We finished the show a while ago. Mm-hmm. But we've been waiting to talk about it on this episode because it just seemed appropriate. But goddamn. Yeah, man. The show's fucking gold. Yep. It's so and good. That, and that's all we needed to say. <laughs> Trailer Park. No. <laughs> no. I. Uh, we talked about WandaVision. We didn't really talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier on the show. But... Uh, I think Loki puts both shows to shame and we said that we enjoyed WandaVision, but yeah. uh, Loki might actually be like one of my favorite pieces of just Marvel content in general. Like I love the show. Bold, bold statement. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, is I didn't say my great. favorite one of them. Okay. So it's your number one. Uh, <laughs> you fucking love it. You fucking You're love obsessed. it. You look, put your cock away. <laughs> put it away. Save that for later. You just start screaming now. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, he creamed everybody. Mine's more of a howl. 
You know what they say? Scream cream is contagious. <laughs> that's yeah. It's watch, the out, new, watch out for the scream scream it's, cream. It's that it's, that's one of the symptoms of the Delta variant. <laughs> <laughs> you scream when you cream. <laughs> oh I, no, I got Delta variant. No, no. I uh I really hope that my uh my doctor never comes out with like a like a board and he's just like, I hate to tell you, man. You got the scream cream. <laughs> you got the scream cream. It's bad. It's the worst case I've ever seen. Yeah. You well, got the scream cream. Worst case I've ever seen. What, what can we do to stop this? Here's here's some more cream. Yeah. Hands, hands me a bottle of ointment. Here's some scream cream cream. <laughs> yeah. What are the side effects? Might have a dream. <laughs> Maybe. You might. What kind of dream? Martin Luther King style. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> <laughs> the best kind of dream to have. I guess so. Yeah. Oh, man. But that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about Loki. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> enough about Martin Luther King. <laughs> uh, I thought you were going to say enough about creaming. <laughs> no, we're not you, done You mentioned that. Martin Luther King once. We're like, enough of this. <laughs> Back to the jizz. <laughs> Listen, we're here to talk about cum. We're here to talk about Loki. And we're here to talk about Black Widow. Yeah. Which... Will inevitably bring us back to come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> because because Red Guardian. Oh my God. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what a thick daddy. <laughs> so, I we talked about Wandavision. Wandavision. I felt like blew a lot of doors open mm-hmm. in a lot of different ways. Loki. Loki. I think. Continues to blow doors open in a similar way, but it does. I think the, um, how do I say this? I don't know. Do we talk openly like spoilers and everything about this from the gate? Yeah. I I mean, the show's out. If you haven't watched it, then skip ahead like 10 minutes. Yeah. Because I guess you, it's been the, the finale came like three weeks ago. So, and by the time, yeah, this episode is out, it had been over a month. Yeah. And if, and if you haven't watched it yet, what are you doing? Just stop this and watch it right now because it's worth it. So, I mean, I had a theory at the end of WandaVision that it was setting her up to become a villain, but not until after Doctor Strange 2 and he gets to witness her power and realize she has the dark hold. Yeah. And she doesn't really know what she's dealing with and the level of the threat that she poses. So I think she's going to be a major villain very soon mm-hmm. or soon after Dr. Strange too. But Loki definitively brought us a, uh, a universal threat, potentially greater, probably actually. Yeah. More, more of a threat to the MCU than Thanos ever was. Yeah. You know, what's cool. I think a lot of people felt like these shows are going to be like, Oh, it's just the show. I'm probably not going to like pay too much attention about it. Like they're not going to be like big event things like the movies. And it's the, they introduce something that's bit possibly bigger than Thanos. I would say if it's leading up to what I assume it will, it's, it is bigger than Thanos. Yeah, so it's absolutely. like at this point, it's like, no, you have to watch these shows because like we're introducing major characters and we're dro- dropping major events in these shows too. And this show's not even over yet. Like, I'm pretty sure they filmed the show already, but they split into two seasons. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, because it's only like six episodes, I think. Mm-hmm. Oh, what a cock tease. I know. Did not scream cream because <laughs> kind of blue balls. Yeah. Lo- Loki balls. But, I mean, everybody for the longest time, I think going back all the way to Ant-Man and the Wasp, we were kind of like, oh, multiverse, multiverse. And 
it hasn't really happened yet. And then there's been teases of it. And now it's just full blown. The multiverse is open. Fucking crazy shit. Now, any at this point, anytime anyone brings up a theory, they're like, hey, maybe this happened. You can't deny them. You can't be like, no, I don't think that happened because now it's like, yeah, like that could have happened in, a, in an alternate timeline and maybe they're going to introduce it because even in this show, they, in I think episode five, a, a fan theory was that the Loki that died at the beginning of Infinity War, they're like, oh, he was just projecting himself. He's not actually dead. Like he, you know, yeah. the backstory to one of the Lokis in episode five is exactly that fan theory. Right. So like now it's, you can't really even refute anything at this point. And now the multiverse is open. I think, I think they wanted this out definitely right before Spider-Man, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's kind of like a little bit of conditioning so that you're used to seeing it. So it's not weird when you see it in a Spider-Man movie with these multiple Spider-Man. Like it's, it makes a little bit more sense or it's a little bit, as soon as you introduce a fucking alligator Loki, (laughs) It's all bets are off. And I love that episode is amazing. Mm-hmm. That is so good for so many reasons. And uh, I, we talked a little bit. We, we couldn't resist. We were on the phone talking a little bit like a week ago or so, or maybe earlier this week uh, about the show. And I think that sometimes like people come along, like actors embody a role so well that, the two are like they're just forever meld together. Like I feel like Hugh Jackman did that with Wolverine Logan. It's how can you like, he's so perfect in that role that like he just is, he just is. And Robert Downey Jr. As Tony Stark, him, his performance in like that first Iron Man movie and then continuing through the MCU actually informed how they wrote Tony Stark in the comics forever now. Mm-hmm. And like they took things that Robert Downey Jr. brought to the character and adapted them into the comics as part of like his personality. So, like, I think Tom Hiddleston is on that level with Loki now. He, especially in this show, he is so in the pocket with exactly like how to be this character. And like, there's so much nuance to his character about how at least this Loki is not such a straightforward villain. And we've seen it in the previous movies too. You get a lot more of a look of that in Ragnarok, Mm -hmm. that turmoil of he like wants to be evil, but like he does have like, there is like a sweet spot. And then like his death in infinity war, like you really feel for and everything. So it's just like, the the way he navigates this character now is so effortless and like perfect. Like he is Loki. Yeah. And Loki forever now is, is like one with uh, Tom Hiddleston. I don't know if I said this on the pod or if we had just been talking about because infinity war came out pre pod, like shortly before the, the podcast started. Did um, it? Yeah. We, we don't have an infinity war episode. So it must have, because oh. infinity yeah. war is 2018. Well, we but saw it together. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But um, I know I had said, like, I'm like at that time, I was like, I hope Loki stays dead. Like, I'm kind of over the character. Like, I like the character a lot, but I was kind of just like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm tired with the back and forth, like flip flopping. And I guess that is inherently what like the Loki character is. Yeah. You, but uh, I'm hoping like there's so much more to his character in this show. And I'm kind of hoping that this is the direction that they take the character and he's not flip flopping back and forth because um, it just seems like he's there's so much more empathy towards the character. And then also 
I think there's like a lot of layers now that it's kind of like he saw his future and realized that he never basically did anything with his life. And now that's kind of like the catalyst to him being the way he is now at the end of the show. Um, because yeah, like I said, I, w- I did not want it. I was like, I'm over Loki. He could stay dead. And then I watched the show and I was like, I need more Loki. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Dude. It's, it's so, so good. And yeah, like it just ripped everything open anything is possible in in the universe now Mm -hmm. um introduced kang the conqueror what i think that was you know everyone for a while in wandavision was like oh it's mephisto like mephisto was like the the thing everyone thought wandavision was leading up to and we never got it They, they could still do mephisto but going into loki i think the seeds were planted for a while, like you saw Kang the Conqueror probably coming up and uh, there's just a lot of like deep seated things and some stuff that was pretty obvious. But um, I told you a long time ago about Kang and I was like, he's coming. Kang is going to be like an imminent danger, Mm -hmm. especially, especially after Endgame because they were fucking with uh, time travel. Yep. And Kang, that's, that's his shtick is the time, time stuff. Yeah. So, and I don't remember if I said it on the podcast. I'm pretty sure I did or if I said it in, but like maybe back in the Ant-Man and Wasp days or whatever, but like they're traveling through the quantum realm and there's like people spotted like this, like tiny like city in the quantum realm, this mm-hmm. like little, like off in the di- distance. I was just like, I was like, that's Kang's city. That's mm-hmm. exactly where Kang is. And then in the beginning and like maybe the first episode when they're at the TVA, it looks like when they're looking out the window and it looks like this like kind of futuristic cityscape and everything. And like even the color grading in that looks like that city and the thing. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like maybe they're there. I'm like, this could still be Kang. Yeah. Like in my head the whole time. I'm like, Kang, 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 Kang. <laughs> it was like a Kang bang. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. I'm a fucking genius. Like, I don't know what to tell you guys. Like, if you're not listening to me, you're wrong because because <laughs> I'm I've been crushing it these last few years with like understanding where they're going. They're going. Yeah. And and just being like, yeah, that's that's exactly what it should be like. And it makes the most sense. Like I said, like they're fucking with with time, time travel. Like that's going to draw attention from Kang and like. Now we'll see if the Fantastic Four are being held captive by Kang there. Because that would be a way... Because like, they're like... They should have been known and active for yeah forever. But now also, with the multiverse open... That's, I was going to say, want, the multiverse does open the possibility for not only Fantastic Four, but also X-Men. Yeah, mutants. Yeah. It's like, there's a world now with mutants. Which which is very, very cool. Because that's, that's one thing, like... I think the Fantastic Four have a lot of great villains and introducing them just leads to a lot of really awesome storylines and awesome characters that you can bring well, in. Kang is one of those. Yeah. Yeah. And uh but at the same time like man, X-Men and the MCU like fucking it, it would be so cool. So now that the multiverse is open, I really hope that's what we're getting. And I think we talked about this when we did our Phase 4 like I don't know when Disney did their their phase four presentation. They showed all the shit they were doing. It ends with essentially the fantastic four, four. And I think people they are like, Oh, it's phase four. But like, I'm like, they haven't actually said that that's the end of phase four. And there's movies that they confirm for phase four, like blade that weren't included. So 
part of me is thinking that like these events are actually going to lead to the Fantastic Four coming out before the end of Phase Four, maybe like the last movie of Phase Four or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it they got they got years to play with. But here's the other thing: is there was a lot of movies that they presented in that. And then there were more that came out after they're like, we're going to squeeze these in there. Like the Spider-Man movie, like Black Panther 2, mm-hmm. Captain Marvel 2. Those were not part of the presentation. Yeah. So I it, wonder what's going to get pushed around, what's going to get moved back. So especially now that like we're, we went over a year without a Marvel release. Yeah. I've, um, I think they're still like, trying to work in like i think they're still trying to figure out their way of what they want to do there's a rumor that they are phasing out brie larson really yeah because originally it was captain marvel 2 now it's the marvels and they've introduced miss marvel as a tv show and it's apparently been reported that i guess disney like told like brie larson basically like you should stop doing your youtube channel because I think they said that like she was losing popularity because of it. I actually liked her YouTube channel a lot, but yeah, there was like a rumor that they asked her to do that a while ago. And then out of nowhere, she just deleted it. It's either deleted or she's just done doing it, but uh, that nobody knows really why. And with that, so people are thinking that Disney's not the biggest fan of her. I don't know how true that is, but well, I know there was controversy when the first movie was coming out about some comments that she made, but I I don't know. The, the the controversy came from a a group of shitty people. So it's like yeah, it's like people who are just like oh, I don't like a woman talking about feminism and stuff like that. It's just like just shut up. Yeah, you know what I mean. So See, that's the thing is I don't think Brie Larson says anything. That's really bad. I wonder if right if if, if Disney's just like oh like you're saying things that are basically like getting rid of 50% of your audience. Granted that 50% of that audience is shit people, but it's like people are money. Right. Like that's part of what I'm what I'm wondering with that. And Disney, Disney, like a lot of these companies is they're kind of like, they're like, yeah, we're woke, but like, we still want like everybody's the, money. The mouse wants that cheddar. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't, you can't let the mouse go hungry. Like, <laughs> The mouse needs to feast. <laughs> Yo, Nazi cheese is still cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like they, uh, yeah. So basically, like, just I don't know what they're doing because it seems like even after they've announced things, they've they've changed the course of things and they've flip flop movies and they've added stuff in between. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly uh, what the deal is, but it would not surprise me at all if Fantastic Four is like they're already casting it. It's like in production at some to some degree. John Krasinski um, and Emily Blunt. It's perfect. They're, I know. They're perfect for those roles. Um, who would be, yeah, let's fan cast the Fantas. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dick four. Yeah. Dick four. <laughs> Dick four. Um, who would be Human Torch? Human Torch. Mm. Mm. Well, actually, you know what? I think uh, the thing mm-hmm. needs to be The Rock. <laughs> yeah, I can see that because he's a rock. rock. <laughs> it's perfect. Yeah, it is perfect. Um, damn. First thing I was like, oh, you could do like Dave Bautista, but I'm like, oh, and he's already he's already a character. <laughs> yeah, he's already in there. Um, I don't I don't know if, if this is who I would necessarily cast, but I really like this actor, and he's already been in comic book movies. Uh, Ron Perlman might be cool. Like, I really like Ron Perlman. 
Um, yeah, he's a little older though, but I guess but he's in he's in makeup. Yeah. Yeah, or CGI, yeah. Like he doesn't have to do all the physicality, but I feel like the way they do the CGI for those characters, they still do have that I mean, I guess he could just do his face. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know cuz Josh Brolin still had to like work pretty hard for mm-hmm. uh, Thanos to be Thanos cuz he was still doing like the mocap and stuff himself. Yeah. It's usually how they do those. Um I mean, he'd be great. He has the voice. That's, that was what I was like, kind of thinking. The, voice, the voice is perfect. His face, like, would translate really well. Like, is you know how they do that with like Ruffalo. Like the Hulk kind of looks like Ruffalo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So I feel like he's got a look that would that would definitely work. And he's great. Yeah. Love Ron Perlman. That's a good choice. Um. John Hamm. Mm, that's a cool one. I like be that. a cool one. Yeah. Cause, cause the thing he's also kind of got like this, like sarcastic, like he's got like a humor to him. John Hamm is also really funny. Yeah. Um, and he, and I think they would also be like the type of thing for like Marvel to do. Like, that'd be funny. Cause like John Hamm is like this, like gorgeous man, this handsome man. And they just hide him <laughs> under rocks. rocks. Yeah. So they're just like, haha. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's kind of, I mean, kind of what the, I don't know what they're doing exactly with uh, Christian Bale as um, is it Gore the God Butcher? Yeah, and, but like that's another one where he's probably going to be all in makeup or CGI. Yeah, um, fine. <laughs> he's he's great though. Yeah, like, uh, Human Torch. Human Torch. I'm not as sure on Human Torch. I think you got to go young. He's got he's got to yeah. be the youngest guy in the group. Mm-hmm. It might uh, Human Torch would probably be best as like some actor. Like I never heard of like. Um, Tom, what's his name that I'm blanking on right now for Tom Holland, another oh, Tommy H. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had Hiddleston in my brain and I'm like, I know that's wrong. That's Loki. <laughs> um, Tom Holland. Like I didn't know who he was until Spider-Man and it turned out like, wow, this kid is perfect. Yeah. So maybe it'd be like another casting like that. I feel like he can't be as young, mm-hmm. yeah. but it, it, maybe the perfect person for human torch is somebody that like I've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. Much because Leonardo DiCaprio. There you go. Yeah, young. <laughs> but let's bring in the youth. Yeah, bring in the youth. <laughs> Maybe he'll win an Oscar for that. Finally. No, he <laughs> he won an Oscar already. Yeah. As soon as he climbed in a horse, everyone was like, "This just fucking hand him the Oscar." Just he's, give he's, it to he's, him. He's hiding he's, in a horse. He's going. <laughs> he's he's done everything now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. I'll try and I'll throw a name out real quick. I'll just I'll just go for something. Um. I don't know. I keep thinking about young actors, and I'm like. Who's like again? Put your cock away. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. I'm trying to think. Lucas Hedges. See, I thought of Lucas Hedges. Timothy Chalamet. I thought about Timothy Chalamet also, but I was just like, I don't think it would work. (laughs) No, it wouldn't. um, Lucas Hedges could pull it off. Yeah, he absolutely could pull it off. Mm -hmm. Like, look at the way. Like, I'm I'm looking at like the way he looked in Honey Boy and Mm -hmm. everything. He like even in like that jacket that he wore, like in the trailers, like the leathery jacket. um, That. I think that would work really well for uh, for him. What about um, what's the kid's name? Um, Ty Sheridan, the kid from Ray Player One. Yeah, he could work. He, he could work. I don't. I haven't seen a lot from him to trust that he's like great though. Yeah, but that, I feel like that's a lot of with Marvel. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. Including, I mean. They're casting, but also like the writers and directors. I feel like they give shots to a lot of people. You know who I feel like would be really good in a Fantastic Four movie is um like Miles Teller. <laughs> yeah. Or or Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Or exactly. just Michael Jordan. Bring Chris Evans back. 
Uh, yeah, just, honestly, just, just bring, <laughs> just cast Chris Evans. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's how you torch. get him back in the MCU. Redemption. <laughs> and then Doctor Doom. Who are you doing for Doctor Doom? Ooh, Doctor Doom. See, that's another one where like you lose the look. You just need a really good evil actor, somebody who's like good character actor who can be like taken seriously. Just do James Earl Jones and just do Darth Vader over again. <laughs> just do it again. Yeah. Damn. Now, is it going to be the same guy who is, you know, pre-mask Dr. Doom? I think or... you have to at some point. Hmm. Unless you want the mystique. Yeah, I feel like if they do it, they should not do origin story. I don't think they would do the origin story again. No, I think they, they learned. Like, I mean, after they do did Homecoming, I think they know that people are kind of over that. Yeah, they don't need it. Yeah. Not for everybody. I feel like Doctor Doom should already just be Doctor Doom. Yeah. Um Leave Shriver. Yeah. He's cool. That would be cool. He's good. He's very imposing. He's a good actor. Um he can play that role like he can play like a smart character. He could play a like a tough, like badass guy. Yeah. Um I like him for that. That'd mm-hmm. be cool. Yeah, that'd be cool. He's not so known. Like, people know him. Like, he's been acting for a yeah, long for time. Sure. But, like, he's not, it's not like him being in the role would take you, take away from the role. Because you know how sometimes it's like they cast somebody who's so big. It's just like, how do you not look at it? Like, I'm wondering that about Angelina Jolie and Eternals. It's like, mm-hmm. how is it not going to be Angelina Jolie? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Sometimes the actor can could cast a shadow on the role that they're playing. Yeah. As opposed to other people who like become the role. Cause like Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, Hugh Jackman, Hugh Jackman star rose because of like the X-Men movies and then things he did shortly after. Yeah. But like he was nobody really, I mean, he was in some stuff, but he, he didn't have the clout that he does now. And he didn't have like the repertoire that he has now. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I mean like we should probably close on Loki soon, but getting off fantastic Four it's just there's a bit a lot of big stuff coming i can't wait for season two and there there was a few moments towards the end of the show uh in particular episode five i feel like episode five had me just fli- flipping out the entire time but um it was really funny yeah it was funny it was action-packed it was it looked Goliath showed up in that one that's yeah. why they that's a, a lot i think a establishes a lot of like that type of being getting set up in this makes me feel like Galactus is definitely on the way. Um, yeah. Cause that's like something that is protecting like space and time essentially. Like, mm-hmm. and not, I mean, not on the level of like a doctor strange where he's like, oh, I'm just like protecting the realm. Like that's like a being that the only way you could defeat it is if they like did what they did where it's kind of like they had to like enchant it type thing. Like, I I saw that and I was kind of like I think they're doing Galactus like not now but like that's what this is going to lead up to end of phase four you, you, there's going to be something hinting Dude, at Galactus. There are so many huge things that they could do, and there's a lot of subtle references, especially in that last episode, to beings that are so beyond the power range that we've been privy to yet, mm-hmm. like the Living Tribunal, the One Above All. Um, all, all of these things, there's already been reference to eternity and things like that. So, yeah, there are so, so many. And, and Loki, as the show, 
is peppered with probably the most Easter eggs and like oh, little yeah. gems mm-hmm. out of any show because by virtue of it being like, you know, they could just hop around timeline to timeline. They could do all these things. They could reference things from the comic books constantly. And some of those things might never pay off. They're just there for the sake of the show. But then other things you're just like, that's, that's too big of a thing. And it's almost like the things that they pay the least attention to when they're passing through it. Those are the ones that you're like, Oh, I should be paying the most attention to that. Cause that's going to come back. Yeah. The Kang stuff is fucking huge. Mm-hmm. Fucking huge. So I wonder what they're going to do with that now. Uh, like I did. I did want to ask you this. Um, Jonathan majors is confirmed to be the villain in Ant-Man and the wasp too. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is it? Quantum mania is what that one's called. Yeah. Um, do you think that there are going to be multiple movies where Kang is the villain because they're it's a multiverse Kang. now? Yeah. They're fighting multiple Kangs from different, like there's Kang, the conqueror Kang prime. I think the one in the show is Kang prime, right? I think so. Yeah. But like, uh, so he's the one keeping everyone else. At yeah. Bay. I mean, they call him uh he who remains, but I'm pretty sure that's who right. he was supposed to be. But yeah, like I'm, I'm wondering what the deal is because I feel like if they if they defeat him then it'll be like kind of uh like like oh that wasn't that that bad <laughs> like type thing you know yeah um and then also the other question like are there multiple TVAs now like the branches in reality have split off so now there's different branches where there's t- multiple TVAs it's a lot of questions because it seems like that by the end of the show when he when uh, he goes Mobius back. yeah Mobius yeah, doesn't, doesn't recognize, recognize him. him so like what's what are the consequences to a world or a universe where there are multiple uh, TVAs that can control time. <laughs> Right. Who, who is the prime timeline? Yeah. And how, how are these other timelines being affected and stuff? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I think that's a lot of questions that Dr. Strange too is going to answer. Yeah, man. My cousin made a good point. It was like, um, how did he say it? It was like, um, Spider-Man far from home, uh, introduced the idea of the multiverse, uh, Scarlet Witch, or what was it? Oh, shit, how did he? How did he phrase it? I, I probably have the text somewhere, but it was basically just like it's like it was introduced here. Scarlet Witch, uh, or Loki, the show Loki, um, broke the multiverse, and mm-hmm. Doctor Strange too. They have to fix the multiverse. Mm-hmm. So like I think that's going to be like that is the multiverse of madness is like all of this shit all of these branches and everything stuff collapsing on itself things crossing over and and yeah. then he has to go and basically like clean it up people are taking advantage of the multiverse like in in shambles mm-hmm. then he enlists the help of Scarlet Witch who is a nexus being so she exists across the multiverse and is is the scarlet witch in all in all multiverses she's scarlet witch she, and then basically they repair everything and then he's just like oh shit she is fucked up <laughs> yeah this is a problem <laughs> but yeah it's like it's very it's also interesting like it both makes it so it could like you could theorize anything which makes it that like you can't like I can't predict where it'll go next in terms of like everything with the MCU. Like there, you could only make like the most obvious of predictions of mm-hmm. just like, okay, well if the Kang is here, then like that's going to play a role in that. And like, if he's already confirmed for Ant-Man and Wasp, that makes sense. Cause they're playing around the quantum realm. I believe his city is hiding in the quantum realm. That's what we saw there. So that makes sense is why they would cross paths with him. 
And especially now if all the Kangs are like on a rampage in their respective universes, but then it begs the question. So um, I would hope that our MCU uh, acts as 616. I don't remember what, what universe Marvel considers the MCU, but like how the comic book main storyline is uh, Earth 616. They, They did label the MCU's uh, like timeline or whatever you want to call it universe. Yeah, it is. Um, oh my God. <laughs> one, 199,999. That's, that's the earth. That's, that's what Marvel, the company designated, um, the Marvel cinematic universe. So I hope the rest of the movies stay on that earth. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, yeah. So like the Kang, Maybe the Kang that Loki deals with is one. He's a different thing. Mm-hmm. But the Kang that is in the the main store, the main, because that's the thing too now that's going to get really confusing, is now there is a main timeline in the MCU and there's a branch timeline, which is Loki, and we don't know what, what branch he's in yeah. when he gets sent back to the TVA. Mm-hmm. We're assuming that at the beginning of the show, that Mobius, that all of that, that Kang, that is the prime timeline. He, the timeline that Kang was overseeing there is what we know as the main story. Yeah. I mean that it seemed like in the show, all the timelines were kind of online together. Like, yeah. like they, there could be different characters, but they were all on their own path. So I was kind of taking it as like that Kang was overseeing everything. Right. Isn't that how it is? Well, he was overseeing the the prime timeline, yeah, and like they they were flowing, yes, together. But it seemed like he was also preventing other Kangs from fucking up the timelines, right? So it seemed like he was basically like was like the keeper of time, basically like yeah. watching over everything. But now that he's not there, yeah, like I I, I hope they keep it within the, the same timeline. But I think they're going to introduce characters from other timelines or have characters from our timeline over. go into other ones. But yeah, like I don't think they're ever going to shift the show or the, the the MCU from one timeline to another one. Like, oh, now they're in here and now like Iron Man's back or some shit like that. You know? Right. Um, well, yeah, it'll be interesting to see because now that means Loki, the Loki that we knew from our timeline, the one who took the took the cube in Endgame and disappeared, that Loki is in the wrong timeline. Yeah. He's in a splinter timeline while the while everything else we're gonna witness from here on out, unless otherwise stated, is in our prime timeline that we understand in the MCU. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just all there's you can you can both theorize everything, but also predict nothing. Yeah. Because that's how blown open everything is like I used this reference when we finished WandaVision because I was like, if Dr. Strange opened the door, uh, Wanda, WandaVision blew the whole wall down. Yeah. Loki just bombed the the entire (laughs) town. (laughs) He just, he just flattened a city. Like this is, this is when like the MCU is at its best. And I kind of want to, I'll probably bring this up a little bit like later on for black widow and stuff. But I feel like, we have the most fun and probably have the most fun watching the movies when there's so much to theorize when you don't know where they're going. Yeah. And uh, that's the thing with 
all three shows, I think mainly Loki and Wanda. Um, but there's been so much intrigue to the show where it's, they've released it every week and I'm excited to watch it where there's other shows that I watch and I've really enjoyed, but it's not a thing where I'm like, I need to watch it as soon as it comes out. And there's been so many like theories and I don't know what is going to happen type thing with these shows where it's just kept me on the edge of my seat. And I feel like now we're getting into some like, holy shit, what the fuck's going to happen territory with probably the Eternals. And then like a few movies after that, that I'm really like Dr. Strange. I'm really interested in that. uh, I don't know. I feel like we may have had like a little bit of a lull, like, okay, these are some movies that are going to come out that are just going to like, you know, be like palate cleansers or something like that. And now we're getting into like, okay, enough of that. We're like getting into some heavy, some heavy big event shit. Yeah. Like WandaVision and Loki are the two that feel the most like we're starting something new or Mm -hmm. we're going somewhere now. Yeah. Because I feel like, you know, uh, far from home came out after Endgame, which was weird. Like Endgame should have been the end of the phase, but whatever, there were some things that they closed up and you know, that's how they wanted to send it off, but it didn't feel like it set up too much for the greater MCU. Mm-hmm. Like it set up, it set up very well for the next Spider-Man movie, him being outed and everything at the end. And it, it set up the blip is what they call it. Like there's things in it that are like, Oh yeah, right. that's cool. Like, but uh, it wasn't like a movie that you felt like after you watched it, like, Whoa, like, I think the biggest whoa moment was like, Oh, I can't wait for strictly just the next Spider-Man movie. Right. I feel like that one was, but they're also with the Spider-Man movie. It's like, they knew that they were dealing with like, well, we're going to lose Tom Holland in the MCU soon. Yeah. So like we can't set him up in conjunction with a storyline. That's going to be way bigger for the entirety of the MCU. Mm -hmm. Um, If we think that he's going to, you know, we won't have him to use anymore. We can't involve his character with something so massive. Yeah. So I get that. But, um, it's kind of like how I feel. Uh, we'll use this as a jumping off point to get into uh, Black Widow, but some of some of the things that they've done post Endgame feel very micro, mm-hmm. like really isolated to like the characters directly involved. Yeah, that it doesn't feed into the greater MCU, or it doesn't really set up anything for the future, like future threats or like major. Um, major things, major events or anything like that, which fine, you're coming off of a really big one. You don't need to do that with everything you do, but it does feel weird, you know, 10 years in 20 something movies later when they're trying to pull it back and the events feel very micro when everything else has been so macro. I think, I think at this point we, they're doing housekeeping, like right. they're, they're resetting everything. And, yeah. uh, so like I I get it, but it's for me personally like there's certain things where I'm like we just had all these huge events happen. I kind of now I want big things. I want like a something to happen in each movie where I'm like holy shit, and we haven't been getting that right all the time. And I get it, but I'm also just kind of like uh, like I re- like I'm. S- that's the thing is I'm so interested in where they're going yeah. that when you don't get them, I'm like, come on, you motherfuckers. <laughs> like, yeah. Give me what I need. <laughs> yeah. Like I want something I liked. I really liked WandaVision. I liked what it set up, but 
I liked the the post credit scene. I was like, oh, really cool. Like, I I can see where they're going. Even that to the layman, what they were doing, what they showed you was kind of micro, but to somebody who knows the comics more and knows like more about the backstory and stuff, it felt very macro because it's just like, holy shit, like the dark hold this and that. And like all these, Mm -hmm. all the implications of where it can go from there. So like, even that I was just like, at first when I watched it, I was just like, Oh, like I was really hoping to like, see like, well, what's the next threat? Who's the next villain? Like, Mm -hmm. where are we going from here? And I think it did give us some of that. And then I like, I'm sticking by my theory because I'm going to say like every episode of the show from now on that way, when it comes true, y'all can start sucking my dick real hard (laughs) because she's good. She's turning bad. They've never done it in the MCU yet where a hero becomes a villain. They've only done villains becoming heroes. Yeah. Yeah. With the winter soldier and her for that matter. Mm -hmm. I think, uh, I think that would be really cool also. And that's something that happens in the comics a lot too. Just like not even just Scarlet witch or whatever like that there's plenty of alternate comics where it's like this character is something else. Like even there's a, there's a Spider-Man timeline where Spider-Man is Doc Ock. Yeah. So yeah, that's a superior Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so do you want to get into, into black widow? Yeah, we should. Sorry. We'll talk the Eternals trailer soon enough. Why don't don't we just do Eternals next episode, regardless of whatever movie it is. Perfect. We'll just do it just to do it. Yeah. We want a little bit long on our Marvel talk and we're going to keep talking Marvel, but (laughs) exactly. Um, yeah, man. First off, I just wanted to say this. I was, I was so happy to see Marvel on the big screen. Oh my God. Just so so nice. Yeah. Maybe, maybe very happy. Kate Shortland. She's the director on black widow. She's pretty, uh, I I don't want to say she doesn't have a body of work, but not like a huge, she hasn't done blockbusters like this. She's did like the silence and lore and Berlin syndrome, uh, writers, Eric Pearson. We just talked about him with Godzilla vs Kong. He was a writer on Thor Ragnarok. And he's also one of the writers on the agent Carter show, uh, Jack Schaefer. She is, uh, she was actually the creator of WandaVision. And oh. she's a writer on this show. And she's a writer on Timer and The Hustle. And then cast, I mean, there are a lot of people in here, but mainly this movie focuses on four characters, and that's Scarlett Johansson as Natasha Romanov. Scarlett Johansson's her, Jojo Rabbit, she's the best. Florence Pugh, she plays Yelena, but is it Belova? Is yeah, that her last name. Yeah, uh, funny with my family, Midsummer Little Women. If you haven't, if you're a newcomer to the show, you should know that we fucking love Florence Pugh. Yeah, David Harbour, he plays uh, Red Guardian or Alexi, Hellboy, Stranger Things, and Rachel Weiss, she plays uh, Melina, and she's the favorite and the lobster and Constantine. Yeah, Constantine's one of my favorites. So there you go, the, the old throwback for her. But yeah, I'm not sure where. If you have an idea where you want to start, there was one thing that I kind of wanted to hit right away because I think it does tie in a little bit to what we were just saying. Let's go for it. All right. So, like I said, I think they're doing a little housekeeping right now. I think that they are setting things up, and I think a big part of how they need to set things up is they need to introduce new characters into the MCU because they just yeah. they just lost Tony Stark. They got rid of Captain America. There are actors that said that they're probably not doing it soon. Like I don't think Chris Hemsworth is going to be back after four, Thor 4. I'm not sure. I, I don't know about Mark Ruffalo. I think Jeremy Renner is done after his show. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, Black Widow is no longer in the MCU. So I think we're in this this stage where everything, every show so far and now included in Black Widow, they're like, we need to bring in characters that seem like they're going to be big players later on. So whether that's Sylvie from Loki or uh, Monica Rambeau from, from uh, WandaVision. WandaVision. 
And so with this movie, they introduce a bunch of new characters and probably my favorite part of the movie is I love all the new characters they introduced in this movie. Yeah. Same. Okay, cool. <laughs> so, yeah, dude. Uh, so I'll use that as a way of saying, uh, I think this movie, I, I like that they kept the cast scaled down. There's not a lot of cameos from like other MCU characters. Mm-hmm. And as much as like, this is black widow's movie, this is like Scarlett Johansson's like chance to like lead one of these Marvel movies. Like, you know, she's been in the MCU since like so long, like since Iron Man two and like, yeah, Iron Man two was before Avengers, right? Mm -hmm. It's crazy that they made two Iron Man movies before an (laughs) Avengers movie. Yeah. (laughs) But, but yeah, so that was like the third or fourth movie in the MCU or something like that. Yeah. So she's been in it so early on and she's an amazing actress. Like, you know, we love her. So it was really cool seeing her have this, uh, this opportunity to lead. I think she's great. I think she does great. Um, this is Florence Pugh's movie. That's, I was, was going to say, she's so, she's my favorite part of the whole movie. I she, love Florence Pugh on this. I got, I got out of the movie theater and, uh, Ryan had seen it maybe like two hours before I did. And uh, so he was like, call me when you're done with it. So I called him and, I, and he was like, what do you think? And I was just like, um, Florence Pugh, if you ever break up with Zach Braff, um, we're, let's make this happen because yeah, I fucking love you. Let's get it, we'll make it work. <laughs> yeah, no, I, uh, part of me feels like this isn't how it is, but it's almost like, man, like Scarlett Johansson got done dirty because like, this isn't even a Black Widow movie. This is a Yolanda movie. Cause like she is, For sure. she's the best part of the movie. But I, I also, I think that's a really good, um, I think it's like kind of a testament to like the writing and also just Scarlett Johansson's a producer on this movie. Yeah. So I think she knew like, Hey, like I'm not part of this going forward. Like we have to make all these other characters shine. Yeah, and, smart. and I think that also part of this movie, like, I don't really want to be like cynical, but I feel like they're like, Oh, like we need to introduce like who, who can we have be like the next black widow type in our MCU? And they're like, well, like, you know, like Yelena is a character that we could bring in. Like, how do we do that? Oh, maybe now we could finally do a black widow movie. And like, so it's like they did a black widow movie, but it's really a Yelena movie. Right. It's to set up yeah. this new character. Who's going to carry the torch yeah. from here. But I think they did a great job of like Natasha's like a fan favorite character everybody loves her. Scarlett Johansson's the biggest name in the movie, but I think they did a great job of not making it like she's the only thing on screen that you give a shit about. Right. And yeah, like as the movie went on, like by the end, I was just like, I think Yelena is like the heartbeat of the movie. Like she's the best part of the whole movie for me. Yeah, for sure. She, she's absolutely like the heart and soul of this film. Like, cause a lot of, a lot of the movie, like Natasha's struggle is like, that family stuff and like her being disconnected and her like leaving behind um, like the red room and like all of this stuff. And Yelena still had to deal with like, she's, she was basically like left behind and just like forgotten about like, mm-hmm. she's absolutely like the heart and soul of the, of the movie. The intent was clear throughout that. It's just like, this is to set her up yeah. for the future and everything. And yeah, like when I say like, she's the best part, uh, of the movie that's not even a knock on anybody else it's just how good uh, she is and how good of a job they did making you care about her character her mm-hmm. story and just seeing how much of a fucking badass she is but even though she's like you know whatever she's 
uh, Black Widow's sister and she trained in the same place and all of this. She is very much her own character. Like she has her own character traits. Like there's enough diversity between like their two personalities Mm -hmm. that it doesn't feel like they're just replacing Scarlett Johansson. It's just like, this is a completely new person who is like equally trained, like doesn't have as much experience under her belt, but that's cool because now we get to watch her grow into that and like gain that experience and like really hone what she does Mm -hmm. even better. Not to say that she's even sloppy. She's just, she just hasn't been doing it as long as, as the black widow has. Yeah. The uh, one thing that I like a lot, kind of just differentiating her from black widow too, is like Natasha's never been like a very funny character. Yeah. And Yelena actually has some of the better. Lo- I think I think Red Guardian David Harbor is the comic relief of the movie, and uh, I really was, liked him. He's he hilarious, so funny. But Florence Pugh has great lines, also. Like, there's uh, a few great, great moments that made me laugh with her character, or just like very like like the whole thing they show in the trailers, the the um, like superhero pose thing. Like, yeah. it's kind of like meta and funny, but like I loved all that stuff. So yeah, I feel like you got a character that's like equally. Her backstory is very interesting. Um, her skill set is very cool. And then on top of that, she's, she's like very, very funny. And I think that's on brand with the MC. Like, I think they realize their wheelhouse is like the right amount of comic relief. And, yeah. uh, so yeah, no, I, I loved her character. I really like David Harbor Harbor's character also. And I think they said that he's either getting a show or a movie at this point. Oh, I don't know if, I don't know if I could do a whole movie with his character, but a show would be cool. I would love to see a show of his time in jail that would be a good way to introduce a lot of interesting characters. And um, I think they already said what they're going for. I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to see Omega red in that jail. Oh, and towards the, like when he, when he's getting the tattoo, that scene. Yeah. I really wanted just... to see Omega red in there because that'd be like a perfect place to have that character. Mm-hmm. I, um, yeah, I, I think they said that they're, what they're going to do with him is like his time in whatever the, super human pro program yeah, is in Russia. Like it's going to be a Russian well, focus. He, yeah. Show. He was in the red guardian. The character was in a team back in the day. I can't remember the name of the team. I think that's what they're doing. I think it's the red guard. I think that I think is that's what, the name of the team. Is. Yeah. It's like him, Ursa major. Um, that's the only other character <laughs> I remember. But it's a bunch of like Russian, like superheroes, but they mm-hmm. all have like, I mean, they're superheroes for like, the USSR. Yeah. So it's like <laughs> they're quote unquote heroes to their country, but they'd mm-hmm. be villains to like the U S or yeah. whatever. So, um, I love that. I, oh, dude, a lot of good, funny moments. I love cause like the whole MC, her entire time in the MCU is just like, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get the red out of my ledger and stuff like that. And then that scene when he's just like, I am so proud of you girls. Your ledgers must be dripping with blood. <laughs> yes. Like, There's so much red in there. He's like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I just, I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Going off of all of this stuff right now, like I think that the story that they chose to tell, I was very happy with what they did here. There's, there's some things that I'm going to get to that. I wasn't a huge fan of, but at least just in terms of like we were saying with Spider-Man, I'm really happy that this movie is not a like, oh, let's show her as like a kid in like the red room, like in like the Black Widow like program or whatever. Like it's not an origin. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't, I didn't need to see that origin. Also, I feel like not even MCU, like we've seen that before. Like two years ago, there was like a Red Sparrow movie and like, that's very like, 
it's not it's not the same thing but it is i feel like if, if they did that it would have been like this feels kind of generic like i've seen this type of movie before right and a, a smart thing about doing it this way is that the focus of the movie is that family dynamic and her like um response to like being accepted in like the Avengers as like a family, like she sees them as their family. That's like a catalyst to the events that happen in Endgame. So I almost feel like this movie serves well for those like final moments of her character in Endgame. Like you kind of get the character even more. Yeah, it, it informs her actions yeah. in the movie a little bit more. So I I appreciated that. Like I was like I kind of dug the the story they chose to tell here because I feel like it could have been very like easy to do or like generic and instead they gave me something that i think not only serves the character but also is just something that we weren't really expecting yeah yeah and you know how do i say this it it, there were things about it that like so so like there's that aspect of it that i did enjoy Mm -hmm. uh i think we're on the same page here so if you want it feel it did feel a little bit weird backtracking in the timeline and like it felt kind of like I think this is overall the thing that like when I left the theater, I was like, I was like, that was good. I enjoyed it, but I didn't feel like, like it added much. So, so here's what I wrote down. Then I'll just let you go back to what you were saying. Like this movie was 100% or even like a 110% exactly what I thought it would be. And that's kind of a negative for me. Like I got what I wanted out of it, but at the same time there were zero surprises in it for me. Yes. And it, it seemed very down the, down the middle of the road. Like I think action. Yeah. And when we did yeah. the trailer park for, it, I think we said like, this isn't going to push the needle forward at all in terms of the MCU. And like, probably this is just like a good send off for a character and more so a setup for what's to come. Right. And that's really like, I think out of, all the movies we've been getting for even the last, like maybe like seven years, this is probably the one that feels the most like, like one offish, like kind of just like, I don't know if this has like lasting power for me to really want to like go back and watch it a ton, even though I did enjoy it just because it feels like it doesn't really do much. If that makes yeah. sense. It feels like a phase two movie. Yeah. Yeah. And even the phase two movies like led to stuff. Cause like it feels like phase two before winter soldier. Yeah, <laughs> you know, because Winter Soldier was a fucking game changer. But yeah, like it's it's exactly it's exactly right. Like it could have been made like I guess like any time. Like I mean, they used the post Civil Civil War, War pre Infinity War as like a reason for why she's not like with the Avengers. She's often running away. Like I get that, but like I don't know. Like again, it was very micro is very just like for this one character mm-hmm. expanded story for one character and set up the future for another but it didn't it didn't expand the scope on the MCU really at all yeah it, it was just kind of like there and it's just like it now it's just like an action movie this is like what would i put this even on par I don't, I don't want to spoil my greed and I also don't want to sound like I didn't enjoy it. I had a really good time watching this movie. It was, mm-hmm. it was good, but comparing it to, and that's the hard thing is it coming out a prequel. It's the only prequel in the MCU mm-hmm. and it coming out post such heavy hitters like Endgame and like basically in conjunction with Loki. So like 
I was already watching Loki and then Black Widow came out and Loki, I was, there were so many things in that show where I was like, they could do this, they can go here, they, this thing, and what else can this mean for the MCU? And yeah. I didn't have any of those feelings during yeah. Black Widow. Mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, they're going to set her up. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, like, yeah. yeah. Like you said, it's very predictable. And it didn't tell me anything that I didn't, like, already know. Yeah. Would, would you want to, like, just open up spoilers here? Yeah, there, we should. There are points that are bigger that, like don't need spoilers, but there's just something that I wanted to say going off of that. Yeah. Normally. Yeah. So spoilers from here on out. Normally the post credit scene is like, Oh, that's like the big thing. Usually like some, I would say about 75% of the time, the post credit scene is like a Holy shit moment or like, wow, like that's really cool. Yeah. And going off of like, there weren't any surprises or like, this isn't like I had read somewhere online, like the night before I saw it, and they're like, like fucking strap your ass down to a fucking chair, buddy boy. You're going to be blown back and sucked off when you see this fucking thing. And I was like, holy shit, what's going to happen? And then this post credit scene is literally just like Florence Pugh is going to be another stuff. We're like, we knew that they already said that. (laughs) And they're like, and they're like, she's going to be like hunting Hawkeye. And I was like, who cares? Jeremy Renner's done. They've already said that Haley Steinfeld is going to be the new Hawkeye. Like I was like, that's a whack ass post credit scene. Like they're basically just saying like Florence Pugh, you'll see her again in the Hawkeye series. Yeah, yeah, that's all it was. And I was so just like, we like, introduced you this this movie, a movie with a movie star, mm-hmm. and her star is rising. Also, if she if she wasn't already blowing up, which we're very aware of her, but I feel like a lot of her movies are very like niche, like midsummer fighting with my family like a lot of even little women yeah a lot of the stuff that she's done so far she's great in she's amazing but they're not wide audiences mm-hmm. not nearly on the scale of a marvel movie she's she's going to be like the biggest yeah like, working mm-hmm. actress over over the course of like the next like however long she she can ride it out, I uh, and deservedly so because she's an amazing actor. Mm-hmm. So she is she is excellent range because if you look at the things that she's been in, they're so different. Yeah, um, and I think she has proven that she can do a lot of different things in turn. Like she can like take a you know very dramatic role like little women and like nail and get nominated for an oscar or she can do something like fighting with my family where she's like demanded physicality or like black widow and nail it also like yeah i uh yeah no i I fucking love florence Pugh, but the post-credit scene really let me down and it was probably mainly because i'd read that but i just felt like it wasn't like that was the one thing i was like i don't expect the movie to necessarily be a needle mover but like give me a post-credit scene and then like the post-credit scene i felt was just so like meh this is what I would have pitched as the post credit scene because there's been discussion of this. I don't remember if this is something that they announced, but there have been rumors of this or, or maybe Marvel has mentioned like we are interested in doing this sometime in the future, but you have general Ross in this movie mm-hmm. and he's been in the other movies too. He's a big part of civil war and he's like the only character who keeps showing up from the incredible Hulk movie. Mm-hmm. And in the comics, he's the one who, starts the thunderbolts he assembles the thunderbolts Mm -hmm. and uh my cousin tom he he talks about this all the time the post credits scene should have been essentially especially because this is the this is basically like you're starting from zero again like how iron man was and what was the post credit in iron man nick fury coming to him and going like i'm assembling a team Mm -hmm. 
this one should have bookended that because this is the start of something completely new, phase four, blah, blah, blah. We're, we're starting over, but now it's Thunderbolt Ross, and he's basically, he's recruiting the Thunderbolts, who, if you don't know about the Thunderbolts, they're basically, they're basically like the government's Avengers, but they're kind of black ops, and they're a lot less moral well, I than think, the I Avengers. I think that's what they're doing. They're definitely this. doing that, but I think I think it's going. They sh- what they should have done was Thunderbolt Ross talking with Taskmaster. Oh, okay. And be like, I want you to help me get this team together. See, I think I don't know if I don't know the the Thunderbolts well enough, but the impression that I got was that, and it, it sounds like. Uh, at that, I guess the present day MCU timeline when when they show that post credit scene, yeah. uh, which is also when Falcon and the Winter Soldier takes place, um, you know, Julia uh, Lewis Dreyfus shows up at the end of this post credit scene. She's basically just like, oh, like you know, like I forget how she words it, but it, it makes you believe that Elaine has been in whatever she's doing for a yeah. long time. And they set up in the final episode of Falcon and the winter soldier that she's going to do some shit with us agent. That's what it is. US yeah, agent. Yeah. So I think they are setting that up. I don't wonder if they're not doing it with Thunderbolt Ross, if they're doing, she's recruiting them. Maybe she's recruiting them, like, but maybe he'll be involved because he, he's the red Hulk. Yeah. I not in the MCU yet, but Thunderbolt mm-hmm. Ross, like general Ross, like he's the red Hulk in the comics. Like, they gotta do that. Yeah, they gotta go there. I don't, so I don't. I don't know what they're doing, but like in my head, I'm just like, they're probably going to set that up for the Hawkeye show, which I'm. I think is coming out late next year, 2022. Mm. They'll probably set all that up in a few post credit scenes, but but I can't see Yelena staying in that. Like I feel like she's probably gonna end up taking over Black Widow mantle to some degree, or like New Avengers or something like that. Like whatever yeah. they're gonna do. But yeah, I, I was. Just, you know what it also was with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I loved the I loved where it left the characters off, but I didn't love the show. And yeah. I think that this post credit scene tied a little bit into that with Julia Lewis Drivers showing up, and I was just kind of like, I don't give a shit. <laughs> right. Like, so yeah, I, I don't know. There's there's a few other things I wanted to say. Just going back to Black Widow though, and like this is kind of spoilery because we'll probably talk specifics, but. Um, as far as like action sequences go, I did not like any of them in this movie. <laughs> yeah. 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 This was, and you mentioned this in the trailer, like the, uh, the set pieces, you're kind of like, it feels like it's like very, like they're kind of taking a step backwards. With, like it's just kind of like generic action movie. Like, yeah, it's very like fast cutty and like, mm-hmm. yeah, it, nothing really like wowed me in this. Like, you, you know what it is for me? Like, She's not superhuman. Yeah. And these are set pieces that probably should have happened with like a like Doctor Strange type or something like yeah, that. Or like an Iron Man, like, yeah, like fly or mm-hmm. or Falcon. This would be a better one for Falcon and Winter Soldier. Yeah, like you know, just on like a film perspective, like I didn't like the way it was filmed to like what you just said. I thought it was very quick cutty. I felt like you have Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh who can clearly do like stunts. And I think pretty sure Florence Pugh had like one of the best like stunt doubles also like in the business for her. Mm. Like why, why can't you get anything in, in frame? So I felt like the action sequences were less about like, let's, let's make this feel visceral and like gritty and more like, let's like put as much CGI magic into this thing because like they just, 
I felt like they just kept jumping the shark because it was like, yeah, they they have this one where they're getting hit by cars, like they're on a they're like yeah, it's, they're getting hit by cars and they're falling off buildings. And I was like, she's not superhuman. Why is she not like hurting right now? And yeah, then like, apart. and then they're like outrunning an avalanche, and then they're literally falling from like a city in the sky and like fighting yeah. while in the air, which was the one in the trailer. And I was like, I'm not gonna like that. And when I was watching, I was like, I don't like this. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, as far as the action sequences go. I didn't I thought I actually think the action sequences could possibly be the worst part of the entire movie like well, well I was going to say similarly I think the best parts of the movie are not the action sequences I yeah. don't know if they're necessarily the worst eh, they probably are because it's like you got the least that's the least story happening in mm-hmm. those sequences it's just action yeah and we've seen the MCU do action better than this. Yeah. It's hard to compete when you got the Russo brothers making action movies in your, in your cinematic universe, Mm -hmm. because like nothing will touch like what they did with like winter soldier. I'm going to keep mentioning it. Yeah. Uh, With that, that elevator fight scene. And like, there's just so many, there's so many good fight sequences and set pieces and action set pieces in the MCU. And I feel like none of these stack up against those, Mm -hmm. or at least like maybe they're big spectacle and like, that's all cool and all, but, and I know we're talking about a universe that has now like an alligator Loki and like, (laughs) you know, a Hulk and the God of thunder and all of these things. But like the suspension of disbelief to think that she would survive 90% of the wrecks that she's in. Like, yeah. I don't know, her SUV getting hit directly by a missile launcher. Yeah. <laughs> like, that wouldn't just it's, wreck you. Like, I know. You, and you could just get out and get, have a fight. Mm-hmm. Like, that's like on the level of like Fast and Furious movies where yeah. they don't get hurt. <laughs> I said to I said to Ryan after I saw, I was like, the action sequences were actually making me like, I'm having a tr- hard time suspending my disbelief and i love these movies for having a talking tree <laughs> like yeah exactly so like, just, like they're a little too ridiculous yeah like yeah th- that was interesting interesting decisions made by by the team on that i wasn't i wasn't the most fond of that yeah and uh really like the i think the last thing that i kind of wanted to hit on was just um and this applies to a lot of MCU movies or just superhero movies in general. Like I think a lot of movies they're you're just as good as how far your villain can take you in some cases. Like I think some oh, of our favorite yeah. ones are like, like I always mentioned Killmonger. Killmonger is like probably like one of the best villains. That's probably why so many people love black Panther other than the, you know, cultural significance of it. But Thanos is a phenomenal villain. Yeah. Loki. The, Loki. Great exactly. Villain. Like, yeah. Taskmaster is completely wasted in this movie. Yeah, and barely barely on screen. Yeah, and I and I did want to say this. Like, I think you had mentioned this when we did the trailer park. You had said there's a rumor that they were going to gender bend her, and I'm I'm cool with that. Like, I I did not mind that at all. For me, it's just she's in like three scenes. She has like no dialogue, and the main villain that you kind of figure out like there's a villain above Taskmaster. The main villain is only in the last few moments of the movie right and it's like I, I don't know i was just like i didn't give a shit about the villain felt like they were very generic and then like taskmaster which is the one that like every fucking poster has taskmaster on it they've been selling taskmaster shit forever they're they're barely in the movie and they kind of i feel like they didn't really like go so much into like 
like they mentioned like yeah like they you know they upload like the fighting styles of like all like these other characters but like they don't hardly really, see they, that you hardly see it like it, I don't know, it was just it was very the villain was wasted in this movie it was not even like the fight all. between like taskmaster and red guardian i feel like they only show like 10 seconds yeah and then it's like cuts to some some other thing happening somewhere else and mm-hmm. you really don't see taskmaster the longest fight sequence you see with taskmaster is in um is when they're you first meet them on the bridge on the bridge yeah Yeah. Mm -hmm. and even that it's like brief like i don't know i don't know why they did that like why yeah i mean the movie's not a that's the thing that's so weird is the movie is not about that like it's really about like the family dynamic and and introducing these characters it's but just, then you have the you have these other action set pieces that take up so much time and they're so grandiose that you can't believe them. Meanwhile, you have a great character who's literally just locked in a chamber. Yeah, you just locked them in a box, mm-hmm. like like you you what's what's it called? Like you fridged fridge them. Yeah, yeah. I I kind of felt like it was almost the the focus of the movie, like the heart and the soul of the movie, is not. Not the like. I think they could have not used Taskmaster and done exactly what they were doing. Just found a different way to like ha- a different threat, whether that's just henchmen or whatever. Because in a way, Taskmaster is reduced to just a henchman in this movie. Yeah, and and that's kind of a bummer. It's like you kind of wasted him. Like I think they could have done something cool with him in a future movie, and now that's out the window. Well, I mean, if they bring bring them into Thunderbolts, but yeah, they should have had more time, like fucking shit up. Yeah. Should, have, should have shown Taskmaster going after other people to get to them mm-hmm. and just just killing, just yeah. fucking killing, just showing that they are not to be fucked with mm-hmm. and like really setting them up as like a legitimate threat, a legitimate problem. Because yeah. all we see of Taskmaster in this movie is failure. Yeah. Repeated <laughs> failure. <laughs> yeah. And that is not Taskmaster in the comics. Mm-hmm. Taskmaster can pretty much be beaten by nobody. Yeah. For me, I guess just the last thing I want to like, again, this movie was exactly what I thought it would be. And I had a good time with it, but I left feeling like I could have had more. I could, I wanted more from it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, I I agree with that sentiment, but no, I don't have, um, I don't have any other notes. So if you also don't have any other notes, I do not. Then you can give me, those fucking tomatoes, the ripe ones, and those <laughs> juicy tomatoes. <laughs> tomato, tomato. The audience. Oh, no. oh shit! I just fucked up my own thing. Uh-oh. I have one job on this show, and I fucked it up. What? <laughs> Doing the tomato, tomato. Oh, I started with audience. Tomato, tomato. The critics. They are bringing this in at an eighty-one percent. Okay, B minus. Mm-hmm. Tomato. The audience. They are bringing this in at a ninety-two. A minus. Yeah. That makes sense because I'm sure people were really excited to see another Marvel movie. Yeah. It's a it's not like a bad movie. Mm-hmm. It's just I think we are spending a lot of time comparing it to what we expect from the MCU at this point, mm-hmm. which is almost like on one hand not fair, like judge the movie by what the movie is and what it wanted to do and like I think it did what it wanted to do. It just wasn't what we necessarily wanted from the greater movie universe yeah i for, for me like my biggest complaints about it are just i i think the action set pieces are awful like i said like i really just don't didn't like them at all and that it was like some of them go on for pretty long like that uh yeah that last sequence is is hefty um 
so like that, like I didn't really like it. I felt like just like technically they were filmed very shoddy, like didn't appreciate it. And then I, I just didn't like the villain. I felt like the villain was completely wasted. Um, and there's like minor nitpicks. Like I think at times some of the dialogue is pretty whack. Like the, the seven, the seven, the nerve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but then like, then there's other things where it's like you, every character you introduced in this movie was like that you is going to be going forward. Like Yelena and red guardian. They're all, they're awesome. Like, so I think there was a lot of care in the movie and I definitely enjoyed it. Like this isn't a movie that I went and I was like offended by it. There was just large portions of it. And I think if I were to put this probably in my MCU rankings, it would probably be like towards the low end of like the middle of the pack. Probably. Yeah. Like it felt like I was trying to figure out where I would put it. I think I would put it like just above maybe like a Captain Marvel or something like in that, in that. that pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. I, yeah. I think I enjoyed this more than Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel had too. more like cringiness to it for me. Yeah. But um, yeah, this is tough because my grades kind of in the middle. I guess I'm kind of closer to one than the other, but go for it. I'll say, I guess I'll say to it was B minus to a minus, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's really tough because like that's a very short gap in mm-hmm. there. But I guess technically I'm closer to a tomato. Um, I gave it a B. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, I went tomato, and I was right with the critics. I gave it a B minus. Wait, oh wait, the critics gave it a tomato. I'm. This is bad news, man. I'm fucking this up. Yeah, no, no, no. Wait, <laughs> I went tomato, which was the, the B minus. Oh, so that's what I. So I fucked it up. Oh, okay. So I'm actually a tomato. Okay. I just assumed tomato was the negative, the more negative <laughs> no. one because I'm stupid. I went, I went tomato. I went with the critics. I gave it a B minus. Yeah, I, I'm closer to the critics. I gave it a B. So yeah, sorry. Tomato. I gave it a B. Nice. So it just went a little bit higher. Yeah. But yeah. I think that's right, right where it is. Like, I guess technically a B is what you would consider or like a B minus is what you consider like an average movie. Like maybe a little bit better than an average movie. Yeah. I feel like that's right where this is. I, I had a good time in the theater. I left. I was happy. I was basically just like, yeah, man, like I'm happy the Marvel's back, uh, yeah. you know, in the theaters. But, uh, you know, like I said, no surprises, not at all. And, um, you know, no surprises here. We fucking love talking about Marvel. So I'm just happy to get that. We'll, we'll make it up to the Swampies and talk about the Eternals trailer in the next episode. Mm-hmm. Since we didn't get to it today, we got we got real tied up in... Actually, I can't even say we got tied up in like Marvel theories. We talked about cum a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so that's our bad. But you know what? That's what keeps you coming back to the show. Yeah, look at that. <laughs> yeah, so you guys know what to do. Uh, if you scream when you cream, shoot us a message on Instagram <laughs> at two dudes movie reviews. Um, if you don't scream when you cream, you know, you can just go to our website at two, uh, two dudes movie reviews.com. Mm-hmm. If you scream what when you cream and you have a dream, you could leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, those are the criteria. Yeah, leave us leave us a five star review. Also, shout out to a few uh, new Swampies that have like recently messaged messaged us. Uh, 
I know Mo messaged us and she left us a review. So that was awesome. Yeah, very uh, cool. Thank you. Chrissy reached out actually today, like right before I was on the way to get here. So thank you for that. I think we're going to try and get to uh, the question she was asking us. Uh, Logan always, he always brings good stuff. Always, yeah. Always. So thank you to all, you know, everybody reaching out lately. It's been really cool. Yeah, and uh, I've been talking more with uh, with my buddy Tom, who I know listens, and um, we might we might try to get him in on a conversation real soon for a movie that we both are very excited to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, all three of us are very excited to see, and uh, I know it's within a genre that is very much in his wheelhouse, so he might be a good guy to have on the show and talk to about that. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm actually I- going to go see that movie right after I leave here. <laughs> Yeah, you're going there. Yeah, yeah. I, I got to try to see it at some point, but I'm actually um, I'm going away this weekend. So, you going to Lake George? Yeah, Lake George, Lake Jorge. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So I actually got a pack. Uh, so on that note, uh, suck it till I scream, cream swampies. <laughs> 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 <laughs>